So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is your Talk Architecture podcast host, Naziati Muhammad Yaakob, again with you on another episode, a run-up of a series of podcasts before the 1st of January 2024, recapping and dissecting some of the issues that have been brewing of late, such as this one. Now, the newspaper article that we are talking about here is um, in the Malay language. And before I would go into this, um, I'd just like to explain that this uh, podcast episode is based on my comment uh, on this article and beyond. When we talk about the issue of architectural identity or the lack of it in a country or in a city, yeah, Uh, such as this is based in Malaysia and in particular Kuala Lumpur, the capital of Malaysia. Although the administrative capital is Putrajaya, that's another story altogether. But here we're looking at Kuala Lumpur and how um, the identity uh, is based on the forms of the building or the, how the, the form of the building is uh, being um, uh, being identified with. And the lack of identity is it that it needs to have some Malaysian identity or characteristics to it. This is all, all, all story because in the 1980s, yeah, we already tried to debate this. That's the postmodern movement, the 1980s, when it was natural to go and review the modern movement buildings and the buildings of the late modernism and looking at that and wanting to have more of the regional identity of the place. And there were buildings like the Bank of Bumiputra and other buildings came and be, and was designed and built to look like a replica of the Malay traditional house. So now why is it that this article is emerging again? Well, maybe it's to do with also the sentiments of the time, but let us dissect that later. What I'd like to actually talk is at first is the my opinion on this piece which has to do with all that I've said, most of what I said um, earlier, especially in the article, uh, sorry, in the podcast entitled When and Why Did Architecture Isolate Itself as a Profession? Eisenman versus Alexander, part two. And there was part one and part three as well. But in that particular episode, which has the most download that explains quite a bit about this issue in which the architect's design approach is the obvious factor for the lack of identity. And I'm not talking about forms. The best is to design using the method of the site-specific approach. It is back to the debate on designing for harmony or disharmony based on urban and architecture theory and the debate between Eisenman and Alexander in 1982 is still relevant. So you could go back to this podcast 
um, which I will leave the link uh, below. Um, and and you can actually understand where I'm coming from with regard to the design approach and hence the loss of identity. The thing is, identity is always to do with form, but identity is not always to do with form. In fact, it's less to do with form, actually, than anything else. But that is from my point of view, which, of course, many of you would disagree but obviously, let's open our hearts and minds and try to think about this a bit more beyond form. I will go into that article, which I will translate on the spot so that you could understand the sentiment that it's coming from. Most notably, it is not from an architect. It was an architect who wrote that article, which is an article in the Malay language. So I'd like to add a few things more before I go in there. One is that the second point, the lack of the profession of urban designers and the pigeonholing of roles in the profession of architecture and planning. There are two professions here, but there is not a pronounced or a real um, tangible and meaningful way of discussing about urban design, particularly because in architecture schools, um, it is not really in the curriculum, in the master's level. And even even it was, it was more like urban context rather than urban design. It's not really looking to the design problems in terms of the horizontality of the place, but more of vertical, meaning more of high rise, meaning of building complex. It doesn't look at how the relationship of uh, different building clusters or different sites and rows and people... Um, you know, going around and about. There is urban design um, courses in some of the schools of architecture, but it is more to do with the principles of urban design. It's not to do with other issues like social, cultural context, that even economic context, even uh, other contexts that we could pick up with that could be very complex indeed. So, because there is this bent on having more of high-rise, more of building complexities vertically, that schools of architecture has not dealt with the identity issue in urban design. Now, planners cannot design, but that don't mean they cannot pick up design sensibilities when it comes to the debate that local authorities are the one at fault. No, it's not local authorities at fault. It is the profession at fault. And it's not planning professionals at fault. It is the fact that there is no urban designers in the middle of architecture and planning and that these different uh, uh, roles in the profession, in the built environment profession, architecture and planning, are on their own. Okay, so, so who's going to pick up on urban design? So the problem is that we train our architects at university, especially at master's level, where it is possible to explore master planning and urban design, collaborating with local authorities. And we did that. When I was employed in a university, we did a couple of times for the design thesis. For the design thesis, not the fourth year project. In 2018 to 2020, looking into Kampong Krinchi and um, PJ Old Town with um, actually, we presented to Kuala Lumpur City Hall or DBKL and Petaling Jaya 
uh, city council, which is MBPJ. Those sites were controlled by these local authorities and we learn from each other. I mean, the, the local authorities, the councillors, they would say something as well during these sessions. And it helps to build the architecture profession to be concerned of towns and cities. The architecture profession starts with the architecture graduates, the younger people, to learn what it is, what it is urban design, for example, and that buildings are not built in silos or just around it. Um, buildings are built in their boundaries. No, buildings are affecting each other, like in urban design. So, um, also, this is to design more. The idea is also to design more on brownfield sites, not on greenfield sites, but brownfield sites where there's existing building. And adaptive reuse is one of the issues of how we can maintain identity. Because identity is not only form, as I said, it's also appreciating proportions, the existing proportions, existing spaces, and existing orders. So you build forms on forms. So that's it. We like to just disregard the old forms and sweep it off or demolish it and build some sort of new form or new design that is not regarding the site specificities or the context specificities. So let us now go into the article, the said article, now, please excuse me if I take a bit of time to explain this. The title is um, Architecture Design Has Lost Its Identity by Nur Atika Sulaiman and R.C. Gracella Ajos uh, in the newspaper, um, online newspaper of Berita Harian or Daily News. There's a picture of the Twin Towers Kuala Lumpur um, city that's on the right and also skyscrapers and beyond that there is Kampong Baru. It's interesting that they have this view. Okay. So the caption for that says um, architecture that has the local identity um on uh, skyscrapers um, has begun to be has begun to lose or there's less of um, skyscrapers that have architectural identity of the local um, flavor well if you're talking about 1980s and the bang Bumit putra and postmodern era then the debate is this person need to get into the architectural debate of what is happening now. But because this person may not come, the writer of this journal may not come from the architecture profession and merely reflecting uh, some sentiments. And it could be some architects thinking about this as well. And the politicians maybe, or those um, looking into nationalistic agendas and of certain um, uh, groups of people or background, then, all right, we will talk to them. We will have the debate because we will have the debate that is 
architecture is not about forms. And what is it in those forms that may soothe you, that may comfort you in terms of the urban design? Because you can't build high densities as you like and um, still is uncomfortable. The spaces are not uh, comforting or the spaces are not doing, uh, uh, being what you call livable or habitable or easy accessible, safe and usable because uh, there are lack of public spaces. We're talking about public spaces. We're talking about spaces rather than just merely forms. So we can push back the debate. Why must we only receive this? That's why the public thing that architects are just serving the client and the agenda of the client, which is mostly developers. And then after that, the public also think, or the architects only thinking about designs that come from elsewhere and not really thinking about local architecture flavors. So if you don't push the debate to them, we're building urban design. We're looking into spaces that people would love because maybe the spaces out there is not the spaces that people would uh, love, not good places, good public spaces where they enjoy. That's why they end up talking about the forms. Because there's nothing else to discuss, really. So here again, article said, uh, still uh, on skyscrapers uh, in this country that was developed. And um, they maybe have unique designs. And you may look at the creativity of it. Um, is it to do with local, um, local architects that have designed this? What they see is modern is too uh, a building that is too modern and too westernized uh, and taken from other countries, and this is the critical criticism. Sorry, this is the criticism that um, some local architects are feeling. So, when you look at the buildings being built now. What we would like to say is that this architecture now being built is something that you've seen uh, designed from the West, from uh, other countries. It's not from, it's not something original from this country. So when a visitor comes to uh, visit Kuala Lumpur, for example, uh, um, they feel that this is not. Um, Kuala Lumpur. This doesn't feel like Kuala Lumpur because it's, there's too many buildings that feel as if they, especially skyscrapers, that feel like the origination or the design comes from uh, outside of Malaysia. So um, there is a quote from um, an architect, architect in practice uh, who, uh, his name is Aziz, and is worried that architectural identity in this country will be lost and diminish. Uh, and uh, the sense of Kuala Lumpur as a city will is, is like any other city, ubiquitous, in a way that if you go to any city, it doesn't have a sense of its own identity. So... 
he further said that uh, Malaysia have a lot of identities that you could um, you could use, such as the M Malacca Sultanate identity, and you've been leaving that um, and not using that because uh, although uh, being for many hundreds of years that there is this sense of identity, why aren't you still using the Malacca uh, Sultanate identity? So. Little by little, architecture will, um, with our identity or Malaysian identity, will be left and there won't be any of the sense of local identity um, in our buildings. So some of the architects uh, that are designing it is really good architecture and it has some interesting characteristic. However, um, it's always being influenced by foreign architects. So it, it looks as if there is no inroads to this. Um, some manage to do something, but many are not very good at that. I mean, they, is this not a quote from that person, but I, I'm paraphrasing this. Uh, therefore, they would like to do um, an exhibition of perpetual identity so that we can maintain the identity of Malaysian identity in the buildings. So therefore, UPM is doing that exhibition. So in this exhibition, it is not the first time that they're going to have to um, make aware for the youth who is interested to go into architecture to, to understand about identity in architecture. Um, after 1980s, you see there's still references to 1980s. Um, uh, there, there have been several exhibitions, maybe three times, more than three times, uh, after we have um, achieved uh, independence from the British in the 19, late 1950s. Uh, which has been exhibited, I mean, which they had done before. So of these three exhibitions, it still haven't helped to, with the creativity of local architects in, uh, in developing the identity of Malaysian architecture. So it's still lack of ideas, lack of creativity. Uh, a picture of the National Library, which is Songkit Patterns, on the pitch roofs is shown here. So it's still about forms, as usual. Um, so there are 66 years of um, uh, independence from the British, and we have to find one identity that is perpetual and not influenced by the British. So definitely what they're saying is that we don't want um, colonial architecture to be the identity. We're looking at Malay architecture. That's what the architect is saying here. A lot of identity is difficult to achieve because of some factors 
um, including how people think with regard to um, the origin from the local characteristics. So we all have different thoughts about this, linking to our youth. So, so he refers to a lot about the Malay traditional houses and, and what do you call it? Um, around the Malay traditional houses, you have the, um, there's a name for it, and I can't remember now, but some, the garden, home garden, yeah, where you have fruit trees and you have other things in it. So he's comparing it to now that you were st staying in condominiums and apartments. So um, the identity or the um, the way of life is different, and from then and now. And we have a lot of these forms, like the Para House, the Johor, the Malacca, and all that. But uh, when we design apartments these forms are lacking in the architectural characteristics, hence lack of identity. Therefore, it's a big challenge for us to, um, to get this sort of architecture that explores identity. He says that when we design, um, it depends on whether people agree to our design or not. And perhaps it's not really appropriate for um, for the future, or it's not to, according to taste. Of course, this identity is very fragile, as if uh, it's like trends. Sometimes you like this style and this era, then you like that style and that era. I am uh, agreeing um, as as Azim Aziz in this regard, where um, old buildings, historical old buildings, also need to be maintained. Do not demolish uh, existing building where where we could um, save or preserve, and um, why do we? Um, get rid of uh, the old identity and just replace with a new identity. So, or some sort of a um, pastiche design where it looks like old, uh, old design, historic building motifs or something, but recreate it as if it's a new identity. When we talk about identity, I'm really wary about the word identity because... It's like patterns. You can use the word patterns rather than identity or motifs. And it will be more specific to the discussion rather than waffling about. So I would be wary about using the word identity in everything. So uh, his sentiment is on the preservation of um, old buildings. And there was issues regarding... Um, um, the government should give more chances, opportunities for local architects to design big projects um, to uh, show off the 
um, uh, Malaysian Malay identity in particular, a Malaysian identity uh, in its uh, design. And this is uh, what uh, the sentiment of Hajidar with regard to two billion ringgit project being given to foreign architect rather than local architects. And this has, this issue has been uh, uh, raised since the 1970s, um, right after 20 years after, or 20 years or less after independence from the British. So why are, why is it that foreign architects get to have the um, the, um, the 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 projects? Okay, so uh, the last, well, I'm going to stop here reading this article. We get the sentiment of this article. Uh, the, auth the author of this article, although they are not uh, non-architects, they were interviewing, interviewing a couple of people to do this article. And it, it has been known that um, architects have been criticizing about foreign architects getting big projects which uh, is just from from um, a well-known case is the the recent building. Uh, I wouldn't touch it, uh, this topic, but uh, it was a Norman Foster building and um, and the um, the owner of the building um, is a local person. And why did the owner of the building got the foreign architect to do that uh, design? And is totally not in keeping with the identity, the Malaysian identity. Now we're going in circles, really, with re with regard to Malaysian identity crisis now, because if it's since the seventies or eighties, that's forty, about forty years of just searching for the Malaysian identity. It's really about the government giving projects to foreign architects. The debate is that the government giving projects to foreign architects in which the foreign architects will do a design that may not be showing an identity. Uh, so you know that star architects like Norman Forster or Zaha Hadid or all these, uh, you know, Bjork Ingalls or all these architects, they have their own style or signature design. They're not going to to put something like the library design, the national library design with a Songket roof. So I would like to, to, to say that this is my opinion, totally my opinion, and the debate has to be come into the arena of the public discussion with regard to identity. As somebody who teaches architectural theory for a number of years, I would like to make a contention that buildings such as the UTP Petronas building uh, by Norman Foster, there are a few things that it's not that interest that good in that building, like the birds uh, nesting on top of this very high, difficult to maintain um, spaces or those members up there near the, next to the roof, and they had for some time have problems with birds. Uh, um, you know, shitting down on people. 
sorry to say that word, but I can't think of anything else. Or having their feces falling on your face or something. But they have managed to resolve that. But what is nice about the UTP, UTP building, uh, University Technology Petronas, is that is is very breezy. It doesn't need air conditioning. You just use fans. Uh, minimum amount of um, energy being used. It's open. It's like an umbrella. You know, it's doing what it needs to do in a tropical climate. Just that the landscaping could be better. Uh, when I see it, that it could be, it could have better accessibility to the landscape area. But I mean, that that is the building that I've been to, um, and which I could, as a user and someone with an architecture background, give a critical review of. And I think there's Songkit design as well in the auditorium, although it's kind of is is less obvious than uh, the Songkit patterns on the roof. It's actually a very um, it's an architecture theory debate. If you're bringing this debate uh, to get more funds or get the government to give contract to a locally based architect you are entitled to do so because it's always an activism act that we need to fight for our cause, fight for the cause of the architect. But what I, dis what I am disappointed is that the architecture fraternity doesn't defend all of our identities and not only um, defending the Malay, uh, Sultanate, Malacca identities. Because when you talk about identity, what is it? You're talking about forms and patterns and finishes. You're not talking about space and the appreciation of certain space and certain building elements, such as the veranda, the balcony, and in, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, apartment buildings. When you design the balcony, why is it 1.2 meters and it's not that functional in terms of the space? Why can't it be 1.5 meters a little bit more, why don't we debate about function more, about the use of space? I mean, we can sit on the floors in the apartment building we want, but the point of the matter is that the more, the better design is designs that take into consideration the um, embellishment or the fenestration that is much more in keeping with uh, the climate, for example, and all these other elements to do with sustainability in the real sense, not just add-ons, not just rainwater harvesting and solar panels. We're talking about much more comfortable and uh, cheaper ways of saving the cost and also using materials that work. Architects only could deal with the design that's limited to what manufacturers or suppliers have in the market. And if it's too expensive, then the, that is too bad. But we want to design it, it cheaply or, you know, for example, the Putra, uh, not Putra, but the MK Tower or the Bata uh, building is built by Kevin Matlow in which tried to deal with those um, uh, natural ventilation and use of cheaper materials. Of course, when you look at it now, it looks a bit run down, but then you have the brickwork, which is essentially something to be appreciated as well. It's not to do with the British colonial. Brickwork has happened even before that, right? Clay bricks. 
it's just that we were so used, we we're stuck in the sense of timber buildings. What is wrong in looking at our identity in terms of the future, in terms of creating a much more a much more choices in terms of what material we can use, even for high-rise building? Experimentation in high-rise building in terms of identity, does it does it have to be like exactly like the National Library and have a pitch roof? We're just looking at a certain type of design. And when we look at shopping malls, we know there's a lot of glass, it's a lot of the same design over and over again. Why are we looking at um, the forms again? Shopping mall is something that have the option to make it, uh, the place would be much cheaper to maintain if it's much more open. Like Chita Mall, for example. Some malls, before they were going to put air conditioning in, which had water, uh, which had rain coming in, but it could be better designed so that it won't be slippery and all. Of course, malls can get wet and can get a bit hectic and you have to choose either or how you want to thematic, thematize it. So I've done as much as I could to say um, that identity did not, must not be confused with patterns and forms. I'd like to say that identity is to do with existing building space, proportion system, um, you know, the choice of material, the, the sensibilities of it being in a tropical country more than just form making. So thank you for listening and have a good day.